0: beautiful people. Welcome to Chronicles Abroad. It's a podcast show that uses travel to highlight stories of personal growth. So each week we'll spotlight the stories of courageous world travelers, creative wanderers, and digital nomads who share their incredible experiences of the world through their eyes.
1: If you like traveling- going on everybody welcome to Chronicles Abroad my name is Nubia and I'm Frances and we are your hosts and we have a great show for you today we have a young lady who is living her best life in Mexico City right now her name is Elise Robinson Elise welcome thank you for having me no problem. So Elise, let our listeners know, what brought you to Mexico, Mexico City?
2: Um. Well, long story short, uh, my mother had passed away. She passed away November 2016. And I was actually supposed to go to Ecuador, but then um, she ended up passing away the day before I was supposed to leave. She didn't want me to go anyway. So, yeah, funny funny mama, but because yeah, she would go off and on on getting better and being sick. So I was like, well, I'm gonna go to Ecuador. You know, Ecuador is not too far away if I got to come back. But so since I didn't go to Ecuador, basically a week after she passed away, I looked at a map because I had some Southwest points. And I was like, where can I go learn Spanish? Because that was my thing. I wanted to go learn Spanish. And so it's between DR, Dominican Republic, Mexico, in Costa Rica. And so I didn't want to go to DR because I heard their Spanish is garbage. (laughs) Costa Rica is more expensive. And so it was Mexico. And so Cancun, Puerto Vallarta and Cabo is more touristy. So I was like, "Well, well, what is Mexico City? And honestly, I have never heard of Mexico City. So I found me a place to stay. I found me a language school, used my Southwest points, hopped on a plane, didn't know anything. I didn't know it to wow. anybody. And so I was like, Well, hey, it's an adventure. And and I went. So I guess it was destiny. I don't really know. And I and I love everything everything about mexico city nice i love
1: that i love to hear the fact that you know you took the initiative to do some research and just hopped on a plane and left so prior to you going to mexico you were traveling before then correct so you lived in like china and a couple of other places
2: well, China was my first experience abroad. I had secured a business instructor position at a university there and that didn't work out. So I came back home, <laughs> stay with my mother until she passed away. I, I was at home, what, three months? She was going in and out of hospital and stuff. And then, yeah, but China was my first experience abroad. I had never been, but I've lived in quite a few cities in the States, though. So how did you actually choose china as would be the first place that you
0: go abroad
2: because i heard you could stack so much money in china so it was between china and south korea so i was like well and i i didn't want to teach kids it's not that i don't like kids it's just i don't want to deal with all that and then i heard that you can teach at a university (laughs) and honestly i worked Mm -hmm. tuesday wednesday and thursday for like five hours out the day it was it was sweet but they had some issues that I didn't like. So I, I came back.
1: <laughs> well, I'm glad you said that because the majority of us, I mean, and that's just the honesty of it. Majority of us do teach abroad because it's the easiest way to make a living. Uh-huh. It's the easier, easiest way for us to secure employment. So you came in here like, look, n- none of y'all little kids. You sound like Francis. Francis be like, I don't like them little ones. I want to
0: <laughs> try to teach. Mm-mm. Oh, Let me
1: correct. I
0: enjoy the kids. However... I don't want to be smiling for 20 hours a day. That's the only thing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, yeah, it's, it's easy to get a university position in China. And so my past in my past life, I say I was an auditor for the feds. So accounting is my background. And so I was like, well, I don't really want to teach English either. So they gave me a business instructor position. I was like, hey, I'm like, you know, real professor in here. You know what I'm saying? So. <laughs> So it was good. No,
0: that's awesome. And I think that a lot of people first, they do think about teaching kids, but there are university positions and language schools where you can actually work with adults. And so Mm -hmm. how long were you
1: in China for?
0: I was there for three months and then I came back. Oh, wow. So not very long at all. Mm -mm.
2: (laughs) Three months too long. Is that what it was? Yeah. I mean, China's cool. I wouldn't mind going back. I need to be in a big city, though. Um, I'm a big city girl. So the city that I was in mm-hmm. was very small. It was a dead center in China, in Sichuan province, where all the spicy food is. I need to be in Beijing or, or Shanghai or Chengdu or something like that because I can't do the little cities. I'm, I'm so a big city girl. It's ridiculous.
1: <laughs> Got it. So how long have you actually been in Mexico City to date?
2: I have been here a year and two months. I was thinking about it today. I was like, oh, I've been here a while. Wow. Congratulations. And Thank so you. to go to Mexico, um, do you need a visa? Like what's the visa situation like? So you can stay here for six months on a tourist visa. Illegally, technically. <laughs> but it's pretty easy to go to the consulate. You have to go to the consulate in outside of Mexico. It used to be where you can get it done here, a resident permit. But they don't do it that way anymore. You have to go outside of Mexico to get it. And depending on the consulate, it's between, I think I've seen between 1100 and maybe $1,800 a month. So it's pretty easy to get. But most people just come back and forth on a tourist visa because it's just easier that way. But I've heard they've been cracking down. So I need to go get my... I didn't go get my resident permit. <laughs> so when you say eighteen hundred a month, is that in pesos, I'm assuming or? No, it's US dollars. They
0: they don't oh, go wow. off of pesos. Oh wow. That's uh mm-hmm. that's that can be a dent in
2: your pockets. Well well that's how much you have to make in order to stay permanently. Okay, right. Or, or I say Four years. I think it's four years okay. for the, uh, and then you can switch it over to a permanent visa.
1: I thought you said that's how much it costs to get a visa. Permit. No, yeah, that's no, what I was, like, no. I, I was like. I was like,
2: oh no, 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 my no. God. <laughs> Sorry, I misspoke. No, that's how much you have to make. And so th- that's all you pretty much have to show. And so I've tried three times and they're just hating. Like the first time I went, I went to Vegas and she was talking some crazy stuff. And then the second time I was in, no, excuse me, first time I was in Houston and I was with my father. They told me I, I needed the business statements and I didn't think to bring my business statements. I'm like, well, I just transferred the money to my personal account anyway, so why does it matter? Like, you know, I have the bank statements here. And so she wanted the business statements and I had my father with me because he was moving, getting situated in Texas. So I had to go get his driver's license and car registered. And so I couldn't go get the documents. And plus where my sister lives is so far away from downtown Houston. It's like, I'm not going back. It's like a good 45 miles away from downtown Houston. Second time, Las Vegas. I don't remember exactly what she said, but she was giving me some old bull too. Third time I went on a trip to DC and she wanted W-2s. And I'm like, well w-2s have nothing to do with the business like i don't have w-2s and even if i did have w-2s it is now may what does that got to do with this year's income (laughs) you know what i'm saying so they just been giving me some bull and the, the funny part is that if you're in the mexico forums the groups that i'm in the others you know they they don't look at their documents they just stamp them and go that's that's what they're saying about the others so only common denominator is that i'm black so i don't know what else it could be gotcha when i go back to houston next week i'm gonna try again and see but it's been a struggle for no reason no reason (laughs) wow you
0: know we're more than just travel we provide tips resources and hacks for the curious traveler in you. So whether you're a lover of travel or just someone who is ready for a change, we have something for everyone. What's the expat scene like in Mexico City?
2: I'm not real deep off in the expat scene. I mean, I found my little niche with other Black Americans. There's some Jamaicans I know. I think one guy might be, one guy might be Haitian. But when it comes to expats, as in others, I don't really deal with them. But Mexico City is a huge city. There's all kinds of expats here. We got people from Japan, Korea, Haiti, uh, Nigeria. You know, they be everywhere. (laughs) Let's see, Ireland, Scotland. I mean, people come from all over the world in Mexico City because Mexico City is basically the hub of Latin America. So everything happens here. Hmm. I think I need to make a trip down to Mexico City. What you think, Francis?
1: I think we need <laughs> to make a trip down to Mexico City. We oui, oui, oui. I'm sorry. I'm working on my wee's. I've been I've been saying I a lot lately. <laughs> <I'm> always... <laughs> Getting about me, man. Never that, never that. We need to make a trip to Mexico City for sure and check it out because honestly, I knew it existed. I just didn't know what was there for me to want to go. I hear the word city and I'm not a big city girl. Yeah, I have like that <laughs> love-hate relationship with like New York and all of that stuff. So I prefer outskirts, uh-huh. but I heard some great things about Mexico City. I didn't know any African-American women or men living abroad in Mexico City at all. You typically hear people traveling to Mexico to go to Cancun and all of the touristy spots just for a vacation, but I don't hear many people get up and move to Mexico. So this is kind of this is great. So since you've been in Mexico City, what are you doing for work there? If you don't mind me asking.
2: Well, when I first got here, I had a lot of savings and I had unemployment too. <laughs> so that's a whole other story and stuff where I walked off my job and everything else. But anyway, so I had a lot of savings and I had my unemployment coming in, so I'm like, well, I can live, you know, on that. I mean, that lasted me six months, and it probably would have lasted me longer if I wasn't getting my food delivered every single day but and out here partying but somebody put me on to day trading and so that's what I have been doing for the past whatever and then I recently started my store and actually I've been getting orders from my store and the sad part was I got orders from my store it wasn't even open yet so I've been uh that's what I've been doing lately is just marketing my store but yeah day trading That's that's pretty much it. Because like I said, my background is, is accounting and finance. So the numbers made sense. Yeah,
1: okay. well, that's I mean, that's important when you have people that put you on, as you said it, because a lot of us and when I I use the term collective wonder, what can you do outside of teaching abroad? You know, what other streams of income mm-hmm. can you have? Are there any passive? A lot of us become entrepreneurs and create businesses because the opportunity presents itself to do so. So when you use the term store, mm-hmm. can you tell our listeners a little bit more about your business, what your store is? is about
2: so mexico is like the prime place for organic things it's ridiculous how much organic stuff they you have here and it's so cheap so i can mark it up enough to where my profit is so huge and it still be cheaper than anything you could ever get in the states or you know in other countries um, especially when you're talking about europe and asia to where organic isn't like huge and, and where they don't really grow anything so and mexico grows Everything you could think of. So I have a lot of organic products from uh, chia seeds to what is one lady, Uh, the moringa stuff that's supposed to be huge now, soaps, you name it. Like, and if I don't have it, best believe I can get it. So (laughs) yeah, just everything here. And it's just, everything's just so fresh and and healthy. So my store is OrganicosMX.com, which is Organicos, stands for Mexico.com, but yeah, I mean, and it doesn't cost a lot to open up an online store or anything like that. And so, I mean, I, the big cost is marketing it. That That's probably the biggest cost. So Elise, are you using a, a form of drop shipping or are you shipping it to s- yourself? Or? I ship it myself because it's not really hard to do. Like I said, everything's online. You know, I just go to the store, buy some little packages and then type in an address, print out a label and it's good to go. So
0: No, that's awesome. I think there are a few folks that we've talked to who are looking to start an online store. So I think that gives them hope that it is possible.
2: Oh, yeah. And I do consultations, $100 an hour. No, that's funny. (laughs) Because I've gotten my stuff on Google. I got it on Amazon. I got it on... You name it, it's on there. And oh my gosh, it took me so much work to do. And I got so frustrated, but I finally figured it out and I'm a pro now. So (laughs) I could do consultations.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know. There's a lot of work that goes into opening an online store. And if you can get past the hurdle, it could be a profitable and valuable business. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: All right. So you've been living in Mexico for a year and two months and
2: you said that you've you found your niche and you found your circle so do you get homesick at all yes i get homesick a lot and that's one reason why i didn't want to move so far away from home like i would love to like live in africa for a bit or go back to asia learn you know mandarin or japanese or something but like i said my mother had passed away so it was it was kind of critical for me to be at be close to home anyway Uh, Because my father bugs me to death about every little thing. (laughs) So if I have to fly home, then I can do it. My family's in Houston, so it's only an hour and a half flight away. Mm, Maybe take me three hours to get home, you know, at the least. But yeah, I get homesick a lot. And so, and being an expat can be a lonely life, you know, especially when you don't speak the language. So yeah, I go home a lot, and people joke all the time. Tell me, why don't you just move back? I'm like, I'm not moving back, but I do like to go home and visit my family, you know. So you said it gets lonely, so you are traveling by yourself right now, solo? Yes. It was just my dog that I call Little Ugly. <laughs>
1: Okay, so what has it been like being in Mexico as a single black woman traveling solo? Give us kind of a little backdrop of what that looks like in the dating scene and just kind of interacting with the locals, things like that.
2: I haven't, I just got into dating back in probably September, October. Uh, cause like I said, my mother passed away. So I was healing. I didn't want to hurt nobody's feelings cause I was going to hurt somebody's feelings, you know? So I was just healing. I, I wasn't into the dating scene. I'm still really not into the dating scene, but I went on a couple dates. And the funny part is I have not went on a date with a Mexican. They have been other expats that are black, which is so sad. Like, how can you come to a city with 25 million people and you not date one Mexican. It just, the opportunity has not presented itself. So <laughs> I keep telling the people on my blog, I'm going to go on a date with a Mexican, but it just, it just has not happened. But being single black and and a woman here, it's nice. Like I can honestly say that I have not had one issue here. Let me knock on some wood. Like there's certain times where you'll, feel like Beyonce because people stop you in the street, say, hey, how you doing? All in your face, you know, superstar. People treat you like a queen. People are so nice and so patient here, especially when you don't know the language. I haven't had any problems. Like, seriously, I mean, you know, if you talk to other expats in other countries, they'll say, oh, the racism or the sexism and all this other kind of stuff. I haven't had that issue. And if you talk to other expats that live in Mexico, they'll say the same thing. Like, I mean, we like gods out here in Mexico. It's, it's ridiculous.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. I, th- I think that with so- at least living in Southeast Asia, you get a little mixture of all of that. So, yeah, there they can be a little looking at you, staring at you, either in awe or not so much in awe. So it's a little mixture, but you kind of get used to it. I feel like if you grew up in the States as a person of color, uh, you can really make it anywhere, honestly.
2: Mm hmm. That's true. That
0: is true. That is definitely true. So talk a little bit more about your blog, KeenReady.com. What is that about? I know it looks like you're keeping track of your travels and you got your store and a book. So tell our audience a little bit more about your blog.
2: So KeenReady.com is just the idea that I thought of that I wanted to keep track. And basically I wanted to show other black people that it is possible to live abroad and that it's not scary I mean, the first time I, I left home, I moved to Boston, which I'm from California. So that's like 3,000 miles away by itself. And the people are like, I could never do that. I'm like, but it's the same country. Like, it ain't too much different. You know what I'm saying? So what is the issue? So that's why I started my blog, because I wanted Black people to see that, you know, the world is not a scary place, especially Mexico, because you hear so many bad things about Mexico that is it's ridiculous. But... Yeah, just to show show how, you know, happy you can be, how different it is and how you don't have to deal with, you know, the racism and the the sexism and the, you know, just the stuff that we deal with on a daily as being black in America. And it's just a different world and it just feels so different and, and so good. <laughs> so I wanted other people to know this. Nice. I think that's important. You know, again, the reason why we started Chronicles
1: Abroad was to show in other people's stories, because I can tell people all day long my experience in Thailand. Right. But it's just one person's experience. But because we have a collective of people from all over the globe sharing their experiences, it really does show people that it's not scary. It's, it's it, What's scary is the thought of doing it. What's not scary is once you take that step, you're already on your way. It's I'm so glad that you're on the show letting people know you know after even having such a tragic experience with death and then to move abroad shortly after and still go through healing, still go through, and you persevered through it all. And you're building yourself up to be your own brand, to live your best life and to be happy while doing it. I think that's beautiful.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I mean, this is honestly, this is the happiest I've ever been in my life. And when I was in the States, I did not have a bad life. Like I said, I was an auditor for the feds. I made good money. Um, I I could do whatever I wanted to, but it's just I don't know what it was. I tell people all the time, like I, I work for the Feds, I know too much. <laughs> but honestly, like I said, I have I've lived in a lot of different cities in the States, so I guess the next step was to just move abroad. And so like I said, I when when I found out, I, I don't know even know how I got on this, but I was reading about people living in South Korea. And they were saying they were stacking $1,000 a month, you know, a $1,000 to $1,500 a month. And I'm like, what you mean <laughs> you stacking that much? And you ain't working as, I only worked 40 hours a week, but they were saying, well, I only work like 20 hours a week. Like, and I'm stacking a $1,000 a month. And I'm like, where they do that at? You know what I'm saying? I need to get on this too. <laughs> so South Korea didn't want me. So I went to China. Which was cool, but China just wasn't for me at the time. Like I said, I need to be in a big city. But the funny part is, I'm not even doing what I wanted to do. So it, I guess it really didn't matter. But yeah, I mean, the next step was just to go abroad. So that's what I did, and and I love it. I, I don't I don't ever want to go back to the states. No, I don't. Like I, I get I get sick when I go back, like physically and mentally sick. Yeah, you hear that <laughs> you hear that often because
0: I was actually having a conversation with a friend of mine that I met here in Japan and she's back at, in the States visiting her husband works for a company here in Japan. And she was saying, cause when she had originally moved to Japan, she it wasn't what she wanted. You know, it was just her husband got a job and she was just mm-hmm. following him and she was very unsettled with having to live in Japan. But then going back to the States and she expressed how much a bit of an anxiety that she was re- experiencing by being back and just, the aggression. And, mm-hmm. and Japan is is very mild mannered and just a polite culture. So she was really having a good mm-hmm. amount of reverse culture shock by being back. So it does happen. It, not everybody, but for a lot of folks, I hear that often.
2: No, I was at the mall yesterday and I was sitting waiting for my Uber and the police walked past me and I almost had a heart attack and I forgot where oh, I was. Wow. Because, you know, the police walk past you, you know, anything can happen in the States, you know, when you're black. So I kind of had, you know, flashback for a minute, kind of a little panic attack. But I've talked to the police here. I'm, they smile, laugh at you and everything. And it's, it's just totally, totally different here. I bet.
0: So, Elise, tell us, what have you learned about yourself since starting this journey?
2: <laughs> what have I learned? That's a good question. Oh, that I can... I could live, I guess, in third world conditions, (laughs) if that's what you want to call it. My first apartment here was in the ghetto. And so I didn't know it was in the ghetto, but the Airbnb host had phenomenal reviews. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go with her because she took me around, showed me, you know, the neighborhood, how to ride the train, you know, the money and everything. So I was like, whatever. But I didn't know I was going to be in the ghetto. So when she showed me the apartment, she was like, well, you got a light the The water heater outside and let it heat up for about 15 minutes before you have hot water on the inside. And I'm like, huh? (laughs) What you mean? (laughs) I gotta go outside and light this up before I have hot water. So that was my first apartment. And then just a couple of weeks ago, the city had turned my water off. And so I didn't have water for two days. And then the water heater went out for three days. So I didn't have water for five days, like hot water. So, oh my, yeah, I'm trying to figure out, well, you know, two days without a shower, you know, you got some baby whites and stuff you you doing it. You might take a little, you know, as we call them, whole baths or whatever. But five days, I was like, what can I do? I was like, okay, I can get one of, you know, one of those uh, seven day gym memberships and go take a shower, which is what I did for one of the days. But my landlord is so cool. I, I love him that he was like, I got another apartment over here for you. You can go take a shower over here. And I was like, okay, cool. But then I was like, well, I want to take another shower the next day. So that's when I did the gym. Let me see, what else? Is there anything else? The ghettos are different here. I mean, a ghetto is a ghetto, but uh, my first day, my very first day that I got in Mexico City, I got lost. (laughs) and so I'm walking around for like an hour hour and a half trying to figure out where my apartment is and I'm starting to panic because I'm like I'm out here in this ghetto like I don't I don't know what's going on but nobody bothered me nobody said nothing to me even though I was probably looking like a lost puppy and I I eventually found it with the help of a Haitian guy (laughs) but yeah I mean like I said I haven't had any issues in Mexico City let me knock on some wood Everything has everything has been good. <laughs> yeah, I think that when you move abroad,
1: you learn adaptability. I mean you learn how to adapt, you know, yeah. even uh, through even through the little nuances that aren't that you're not accustomed to. You make away with it. And and it's not a big deal. When I heard you say I'm the happiest I've ever been, I dig it. I'm, same here. And it's because I'm not stressed. I'm not stressed about that little stuff. Mm-hmm. My hot water right now isn't the hottest. That I want it to be and I didn't ask the building, like, um, why is the hot water not so hot? But I'm, you know, a part of me, a part of me is just like, I'm glad I got water, <laughs> to be honest with you. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I'm good. Yeah, it's hot outside. I'll be yeah. all right. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? So you just kind of adapt and you, you kind of let things roll off your shoulders. It's not as complicated, it's not as difficult, it's not so problematic. You know, as it would have been if it was in the States, we would have been on the phone like, excuse me, I want my, wo-. you know, you get what I mean? We would have been all irate about it. Yeah. So it's adaptability for me is what I've definitely learned out here.
0: Yeah. And I think for me, it's the amount of gratitude that I've been able to develop because in America, I had so much stuff. And then coming here, I realized, you know, I just, I really don't need all that stuff. And no, I, No, you don't need it. No, you just really don't. don't. And Mm-mm. you kind of strip down, strip all the layers and now walk through the neighborhoods of Japan. I'm always just in awe, like total awe of like just life and also, you know, the architecture and everything else. But just like just in life in general. So we totally get it.
2: We get it. Yeah. No. And you talk about the extra stuff like I came with two large luggages and basically with just some coats, some clothes and some vitamins that I had. <laughs> Oh, um, I didn't come Gotta with too vitamins. much else. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, I don't, I don't trust their vitamins yet. So yeah, yeah, I, I didn't come for, with much stuff. I mean, I have a little bit more stuff now, but I still don't have very much stuff. I do live in a small studio, which is fine for me because number one, Mexico City doesn't have uh, central air. So it can get kind of cold sometimes and Mexico city is very high up in the mountains. We're almost 8,000 feet in the, in the air. So when people think of Mexico, you know, they're thinking of tropical, it's not tropical here. Um, I compare Mexico city to actually my hometown, which would be Sacramento, California. Um, It's very dry heat surrounded by mountains and we have seasons. So it gets cold, you know, hot spring, fall, And that's pretty much it. So since I don't have central air, I don't want to be in a big place because I know my, uh, my peeps, they all complaining. Talking about it's cold. I'm like, I'm sitting over here chilling because I'm in a small studio. Like my little heater heats up the whole apartment. So I'm good. I'm walking around with a tank top and some shorts on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, I can dig it. I actually been so cold in Thailand at night right now because I'm in northern Thailand. So I'm in the mountains. Mm-hmm. And uh-huh. it's funny because when I moved to Thailand, I didn't have much of a, a background as to like the weather. And I did not intend to live in Chiang Mai. So I don't have like you know a whole bunch of cotton socks. And I have those little half socks for like, you know, my sneakers or my Toms or something. So I'm just like, oh, I wish I just had like a pair of furry socks. <laughs> right now. you know what I mean. Like you don't think about the little things that you might be able to use. But heaters, nah, I don't even think they exist in Thailand. I haven't oh, seen really? a since I've been no because oh, technically wow. it's, hot. it's every single day. Yeah, I have not seen a heater since I've
0: been here. Not well, ever. I'm personally. freezing my butt off in Japan because it snowed last night.
2: Ooh, so... <laughs> yeah, no, not, I can't. You know it. I just can't <laughs> do it. I was
0: like, you know, and I knew, I knew coming in. Like Japan has all the seasons. I was like, you know, a group in Boston will be good, just for a short time. And I'm like, nah, I just can't. I just cannot do with snow. So, what's next for you, Elise? What's going on for 2018?
2: I have no idea. I keep saying <laughs> I'm gonna give me some. I'm gonna give me some citizenship, but I don't know how that's gonna work out. <laughs> I I
0: see that a lot. I think a lot of uh, folks who travel often or live abroad, they kind of just roll with it and not in a I'm lost kind of way, but in a more I'm accepting wherever, you know, the universe takes me.
2: Yeah, cuz I mean, you can actually do that. I mean, you don't have extra stuff on your brain that you have in the states. I mean, shoot. I don't have to worry about, you know, car maintenance and oh, I got to put car, uh, tires on my car and oh, you know, I got to uh Oh, I got a payment I got to pay. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's, it's just different. It's just so different. So how is
1: Mexico for like a hub to kind of go places? Because one thing I do like about Thailand, it's a great hub to get around Southeast mm-hmm. Asia.
2: Mm-hmm. You know what
1: I mean? It's a great way for me to kind of go to other countries and check out other places.
2: Where can you go from Mexico City? You can go to a lot of places, actually. They actually have Aeromexico goes direct to Tokyo because we have a lot of Japanese here. That that just happened last year. Um, I think they go to direct to Madrid and Milan. I mean, but it's going to cost you, though. It's not going to be cheap like in the States. But you figure like this, if you have to go all the way to New York to from Mexico City you know the cost <laughs> adds up and the time adds up so it's, it's kind of relative but they go to a lot of spots um, I think they go to a lot of spots in uh, eh, Central South America yeah like I said Mexico City is a huge huge business center so much stuff happens here so they have flights coming from a lot of places oh they have uh, Seoul from South Korea I see them um, they got a lot of Koreans here. A matter of fact, one of my peeps was like, um, yeah, there was nothing but South Koreans in, in my Spanish class. I'm like, what? <laughs> How is your Spanish? How are you doing with um the language barrier? Man, i just been out here living. So I haven't really done anything with Spanish. I mean, I get by, but I've been on my P's and Q's about my DeLango because I'm going to do DeLango first, that whole thing. And then there's a program that I got, uh, Coffee Break Spanish that I really love. And I'm gonna do that next to fill in the gaps. And then after that, I should be kind of conversational. So then I'll, I'll probably pick up some classes at the school that I was going to in the beginning. But I mean, honestly, so many people speak English here. It's like, you don't never have to learn. It's, it's actually pitiful. It's really pitiful. And then people wanna practice their their English. so it's like, well, I didn't come to you talking English like I wanted to, practice my spanish so so it's kind of hard yeah that happens a
0: lot most folks even in japan they just they just want to (laughs) practice speaking english and they're like okay (laughs) but you gotta teach me japanese
2: yeah so unless i go to like a formal program or something it's it's probably never going to happen so like i said i've been doing the duolingo every day for about hour a day. And I got some workbooks and stuff. I work on that. My my reading is good. It's very good. It's just my speaking. It just gets scrambled up in there. And then I start to get nervous and hee hee ha ha. So I don't know. (laughs) Got
1: it. No, I can dig it. I can dig it. So it's time to dive deep and look into the
0: holistic perspective of travel. We believe traveling is an investment in you. So, our mission is to inspire you to book that flight, check that item off your bucket list, and go on that adventure. And our hope is to ignite connections all over the world.
1: So, Elise, can you let our listeners know, right? For someone who's sitting back going, wow, okay, never thought about Mexico City. You know, I've always wanted to do this. What kind of advice, if you were sitting with one of your girlfriends right now, right? Just talking to her and letting her
2: know, girl, get out and do this.
1: What kind of advice would you give her?
2: Mm, I couldn't even say find a job because it's, it's very difficult to find a job here. Every person I know that did find a job here are teachers or they came with their company from the States. So it's difficult in mexico city and it's even more difficult because they don't speak english they want you to speak spanish a lot of times i would say come with a hustle i mean it don't take a lot to live in mexico city if you do it right like you can literally probably live on a thousand to 1500 a month and still ball out easily but yeah that would probably be the first thing you got to come with a hustle or at least a large amount of savings to until you can create a hustle Because Mexico City is not one of those places where you can be like, Oh, well, I'm just gonna hop on a plane and I'll find a job when I get there, not like Thailand and Japan and China. It it does not work that way here in Mexico City. So yeah, Mexico is not one of those places where you can just hop up and move. Um, that's what I did, but (laughs) I wouldn't recommend it to everybody. I'm not gonna recommend that. Sorry. (laughs) No, that's a valid point
0: because it is pretty easy, if, especially with Japan, if you're already living here, it's not too difficult to find a job and the same goes mm-hmm. to Thailand. So I think that's a very valid point. But
2: what mm-hmm. would you say to those
0: folks who are having hesitations
2: about moving abroad? Hesitations. I would say nothing is promised and you only live once. And so if that's what you want to do, do it. I mean, you can always come back home. I mean, you know, people fail. That's, that's what happens. Like my first time abroad, I failed. Like seriously, I, I didn't like China. I came back home. So second time, it was obviously the charm. And and another thing is you got to have supportive people on your team. <laughs> Speaking of, my, my best friend is a dude in he sends me these articles about Mexico and I'm like, I don't want to hear that. Like, and second of all, they're not even, you're sending me articles. It's not even Mexico city. Like he sent me one that some lady got killed sadly. And he sent it to me. And I'm like, but they just had a school shooting like yesterday when they killing up kids. So, I mean, it's, what is the point? You know what I'm saying? So you have to have people that are supportive of you, which I did not. Honestly, like my mama was like, hell no, you ain't going to China. Like, the first time I was supposed to go to China was probably two thousand thirteen. Yeah, I had got a contract and everything, and I was like, "Mama, I'm going, I'm going to China." She was like, "You ain't going nowhere." So, I mean, she's my mama, so I didn't go. <laughs> you know, Mama knows best. So, fast forward to two thousand sixteen, I didn't tell her that I was going to go. I told my sister, which my sister tells my mama everything, so she finally found out. <laughs> And she was like, why you didn't tell me? Because you was going to tell me not to go. But then my mom, I guess she talked to somebody, to some black man, she said, and, and the black man told her to let me go because black people don't do things like we do. So let me go. And so you have to have positive people on your team that's going to tell you to go ahead. You know, you you only got one life to live. That's basically it. I love that. And I
0: totally 100% agree with that.
1: Okay. Well, no, seriously, that's that. that's so, true. Because when I left, I mean, the only I could say that my friends rooted me on kind of like, yeah, yeah, I have a place to visit. And I've seen a number of people since I've been here. They've passed through on their own Southeast Asian vacations, but family were not as, I would say, supportive <laughs> in that role. It was kind of like, oh, my God, you're going over there. No, you don't know anybody and everything. And I'm just like, I'll be fine. And I'm fine. You know what I mean? So, I totally get it. <laughs> even if you don't have yeah. a support system back home, you can always find your tribe where you are, you know? So yeah. I don't Absolutely. Yeah. Because we're all in it together.
2: <laughs> you know, we're all doing it
0: together. We're all in it together. So, we understand.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, Black folks got to quit, you know, having this mindset that everything is the same as in the United States. It's just... It's just not, and you can't be putting the fear, your fear is on someone else. And, you know, black people, we don't travel. We don't do a lot of different things. Meanwhile, you know, other people is out here, they're out here doing it. You know, we're the only ones that's left behind. And, and I, I don't like that and I don't appreciate it. So at least my father doesn't say anything to me. He just says, go ahead, just be safe. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, Elise, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you being here with us today and sharing your story. It's definitely going to resonate with someone. And Mexico City is now on my list. Check the second out. person. Yeah. Check out my- the second time you've heard him about it. So Elise, tell
0: everyone where they can find you on social media.
2: Let's see. So I'm at kingready.com and all my social media stuff is on that on that website. And then my store website is Organicos, O-R-G-A-N-I-C-O-S-M-X.com, OrganicosMX.com.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Elise. Thank you for tuning in to Chronicles Abroad. Please support us by sharing this podcast through your social media platforms. Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Follow us on Instagram and hit that like button at Chronicles underscore Abroad. Find us online at our website, chroniclesabroad.com for tips, resources, and ways we can collaborate. So don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Until then, beautiful people, thanks for listening. Music by Stephanie James and Almighty K-Rock, produced by Adam Marcus.